Hello, everybody, and welcome to our business webinar toolkit series for March. I am Ashley Jones, communications director here at the Calhoun County Area Chamber Visitor Center. And today we are joined by Georgia Calhoun, local resident of Chocolaca and preserver of history for Calhoun County. So welcome and thank you for joining me this morning, Ms. Georgia. Thank you. Happy to be here. Good. I'm happy to have you. So for our listeners that may or may not know who you are, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm Georgia Calhoun. I was born in Chakalaka, uh, June 21st, 1930. So tell me I'm 90 years old. Means that I have seen it all. Uh, Chakalaka is uh, in a beautiful valley in uh, Alabama uh, in 19... 31, uh, 1831, it was inhabited by the Creek Indians. And then after the, uh, and it was Benton County, not Calhoun County, it was Benton County. And then uh, after the um, Indians were, the Native Americans were removed, um, then the settlers came and they came like the Williamses, the Borderses, um, uh, Mallory's, and they all brought their slaves with them. And I think Borders had the largest plantation and brought more slaves. And he had two um, trained and freed slaves who was um, Griff and Earl uh, Borders. And they uh, built those. If you've ever been to Chocolaca and seen that, the antebellum homes, those slaves built the antebellum homes there. But I went to school in Chakalaka from first grade, from kindergarten, kindergarten to sixth grade. And it was a school built in 1876 by Mr. Brock Smith, who came there from the AMA. That's, uh, he was sent there as a Quaker from Virginia, and they built the school for colored children. And we went to school there until the sixth grade. There was no plumbing in the school. Uh, we had one teacher who uh, sat in the middle of the room and we had a kindergarten upstairs. Um, and all sixth grade, one through sixth grade was on the same block. So, you know, you knew everything. <laughs> you didn't have to go one through six because by the time you got to sixth grade, you had been through all of the schools. But when you finished the, uh, the school in Chakalaka, um, there was no place for you to go unless if you didn't have a car, uh, there was no buses provided. So we went to the county training school in Hobson City, which was like 20 something miles from us. But my father had a car. And so my brother and I would get up like four o'clock in the morning and ride with him. He'd drop us off as he went to work. But it all turned out well. It would be cold sometimes and, uh, and, and Hobson City had more rocks. Oh, the rockets roads. And I, my father said I wore out more shoes. But um, the neighbors were so nice. They'd see the children coming, and it's, it is so cold. Come in and warm your hands. And a lot of times we get to the school by the time the janitor was a Mr. Spidell. By the time Mr. Spidell made the fires, we were there. And uh, we were the Underwood children. 
and my brother and I, uh, now later on we had a bus, but to cut it short, my brother and I stayed at the county training school and went to and fro. Um, and he graduated um, uh, in 1946. Uh, he was uh, with perfect attendance and with valedictorian. I followed him in 48, valedictorian and perfect attendance. And we were the Underwood children. That's incredible. I mean, yeah, and that is a far drive from Chocolata to Hobson City. That is surprising, yes. but your family made it work. I love it. It made it work. Yes, there, there was an Oxford called a junction, and we we put us off at the junction, and we'd walk up to the kind of train school, which is about two miles. Mm. Oh my goodness! So you've lived in Chocolata for so long. But what's your favorite thing about living there? My favorite thing, Chakalaka is a beautiful valley, and uh, it's, it's so peaceful. Um, and we have all lived and worked together to make it uh, a peaceful community, like we do co uh, community activities. And I have still tried to carry those activities on. Uh, like we used to have, where, where are the the uh, golf course is now, where Pine Hill is now. Mm -hmm was owned by a Mr. Sholey Hill. And we all had that whole area, the community would come together for Easter egg hunts. And then after the Easter egg hunt, they played ball. And this was everybody in the community. Mm -hmm. So um, and then since that time, I did a festival, did festivals at the Chakalaka um, at Court City Fire Department. Uh, and let me tell you about that. Um, the Court City Fire Department has not always been the fire department. The school that was built in 1876 uh, was closed. And because my parents, my mother and other ladies in the uh, community, they would fry fish and cook pies, and they bought land um, to build a school. The county says, we will match your grant. Uh, we will match your money, and we can build your school, but you, got, you have to buy the land. And that was a Miss Montgomery who lived there. She had oil wells in Texas, but she lived in Chocolaca, and so she sold her property, some of her property, to my parents and other PTA workers. And uh, they built the county school. And that we moved from 51. In 51, we went to that school where now is Quad City. But when they closed that school because of integration and went to White Plains, then the building was left unkept. And so um, there were people assigned, we're going to uh, use it for a bond and we'll use it to thing I said no no I remember how my parents worked and sold the fish and cooked the pies and no we won't do that um, now the county was going to sell it for seven thousand dollars I didn't have seven thousand dollars but um, there was a program the community action agency so they said we get something going in there we can keep it the community action agency Furnished materials for, for the senior citizens to sew and to go, and they would 
fixed food. And Miss Alice Ball said she would do it. She would pick up people in her car, the older people, and they would go there and they would make, the men would play checkers and cards and that sort of thing. And they make straw brooms and anything they wanted to do. And um, so that money played out after about two years. And then we got up school up for sale again. Now I wrote to George Wallace. I wrote to everybody I could to find $7,000 to say that you would give the school to the community and they wouldn't. I had a neighbor, Harriet Donahoe, and I'll talk to her about that. And she said, uh, over my dead body, they do that. She sat down and wrote me a $7,000 check and boy, did I strut up to the board a bit down the Calhoun County Courthouse. And I presented that check. They gave me the deeds to that school. All right. So then we continued programs with the children. And uh, there was a lady there from Ma- Ma- uh, Holloway. Uh, she was from uh, Chicago. And she had built a house in Chakalaka. And she was affiliated with the Anderson Museum of Natural History. And uh, so she helped me with doing the activities for children and trying to get things done. We take take them on trips and that kind of thing, like the Callaway Gardens and on. But that kind of played out too. So I noticed we had trying to get a volunteer fire department. They had one little pitiful truck that was down there on the road that sat at the um, store uh, at Faulkner's store. It might have been Hicks' store at that time. But anyway, I said, well, we need a fire department, so why can't we share this building? And so that's what happened. I called the fire department in, and we worked it out. Uh, some didn't want to be so friendly about it. They wanted the whole hog. I said, no, you can't get it. You can't get it all. So I have part of it and they have a part of it. It can never be used for nothing but the community. That's what Ms. Harriet Donahoe written that she wrote that. So now I organized a quilt club and we have a quilt club there. Uh, this was for ladies who have retired and didn't want to sit at home um, watching television all day. Now, mind you, I knew nothing about quilting. I saw my mama quilt. I didn't know how to make the spur stitch. But there were some ladies there who really know what to do, and we really have pretty quilts. We turn out pretty quilts. So we go one day a week or whenever we get ready and um, to go, whenever we choose to go. And we make quilts. We have made uh, throw quilts for the nursing homes. And we have some now that we can't deliver because of the virus. Uh, we, they won't let us in. But when that's over, we will give those to the nursing home. Throw, they are throw quilts with the lapse of patience. Um, Chakalaka is interesting. At Christmas time, we come together and do um, carols in front of the, the uh, church and the little school, which sits side by side. 
and we have the White Plains School Band to come and play. I have different church choirs to come and sing. And um, then we go into the school building and we have chili and hot chocolate and all kind of cookies and all kind of candy. And we sing and we play. So that's another community activity. I think when people can come together and work in activities like that, you learn it's, it's fellowship, it promotes fellowship and you learn about each other. And, uh, and if you're gonna to come together and get along in community, we need activities like that. So when the COVID is over, we'll be inviting you back to something else. Oh, we'd love to come. <laughs> We're ready. <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm glad that uh, things are finally starting to wind down and vaccinations are a little more easy to get. I know it was difficult there for a long time, but they just opened it up a little bit, a little bit more this week to 55 and older and I know my great grandfather, he's 93 this year, and he was finally able to go get it not too long ago and made my heart happy. I don't have to worry about him quite so much. Mm-hmm. Well, I've had my shots and we have our mask. I don't have it on now because I'm talking to you, mm-hmm. but it's right here. <laughs> and I think if we if we follow uh, getting our shots and getting uh, wearing our mask, and I don't have any problem wearing it, you know. Mm-hmm. You, uh, you, now, I see now people are making them famous. They're making them match the outfits. Yes, I have seen a little, <laughs> little more fashionable than they, they yes. were at the start. <laughs> yes. So you've got some experience on the board for the Aniston Natural History Museum. Is that correct? Yes. You want to talk a little bit uh, about that? Uh, the Aniston, that lady I mentioned to you about uh, Maudine Holloway, but was from uh, Chicago. Um, this lady, I think, was part owner of Walter Fields Catalog. Mm-hmm. If you're familiar with that, that, which meant that there was money. And she was involved with the um, museum. And she said, you know, I need you there. The museum had three boards, uh, the league board, the um, board of directors and the endowment board. And I have been on all those boards except the endowment board, that's the money. Um, But I was, because of Mr. Doug G, who was um, uh, in the, uh, he was Senator at that time. And he uh, made it possible for people from the county to be able to serve and work at the meeting, be on the board at the museum. So that was Gerald Powell from Piedmont and me. And we were county people who represented the county. So on the league board, and I've been the first of a lot of things. I was the first person of color on that uh, board. And I would notice that um, what we would do for the, let me back up a little bit. This board would would raise money and things, uh, do activities for the museum. Like we made, um, we had white elephant sales. We did um, uh, postal cards with uh, menus and with uh, recipes. And we sold those. We did a lot of things. We had a lot of fun. And, you know, I think it's just one other person beside me that's still living. 
I have outlived a lot of folks. But um, anyway, I worked on that board for about uh, eight years. And I noticed when we'd have the um, receptions and I noticed there was no people of color coming to the museum. So now I said, this has to change. Mark Lane was the director at that time. And I talked to him and I said, I want to do this. I want to change something. I want to add something to this a little bit. Um, because he said to me one night at a reception, you sure do have a lot of nerve. You are the only person of color out here for receptions and things. I said, well, it will get better. And if it's going to get better, Miss George is going to make it better. So I thought about how do you get children being an educator? How do you get children to the PTAs, uh, get parents to the PTAs? You get them there if you put the children on program. And so I'm going to find a program here to the museum that's going to bring some parents and people out here. And I thought about a festival and we named it a Black Heritage Festival. Um, I wanted children to come and uh, recite poetry. And we drew up our guidelines because we had people to judge. And um, we went to different schools and things. And I thought I, I'm got, I got, got to have some help with this. So my sorority, the Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority, which is a service organization. And I was president of a missionary society at Mount Calvary Baptist Church. And with those ladies, in the first festival we had, we had it like an a outdoor thing, and we called it a tasting bee. And we had a band. I had a band from, it was a steel drum band from Mississippi. And they came and played. We were outdoors, and we sat this long, this long table out there, and we had um, a tasting bee. All the uh, food, all the foods that you wanted, the uh, soul foods, desserts, everything. You come by and get your plate, and you just taste. Now you weren't supposed to fill your plate up, and um, so that was. The first one. And then I thought about, well, no, now we've got Black um, Black History Month in February, so let's see if we can change it to that. And we did. And then this is when I had the children to come in and recite the poetry. Now, <clears throat> made it so that you had to recite, the poetry had to be by Black poets. Mm -hmm. The reason for that was because uh, Black authors and black writers had not been brought to light, not put in books uh, and not known as they should have been. So this is one way to bring it to the front. You must be a black author and you must recite it. It has to be orally done. And of course, um, we had to use the teachers. Uh, we go to the schools, we got from the superintendent, we would get permission to write letters and send letters into uh, the schools. And my sorority sisters, my missionary ladies and everybody, we would just 
tap find out how many children we could get. And I think we started off maybe maybe about 25 or 30 children. But that was in 1981. We did our last festival was the 41st festival. First time uh, was done um, uh, on uh, virtually and that was in February the 21st, and we had about 50 children to recite. Now, we had to move from the Anderson Museum of Natural History Studio room because it just holds 250 people, and we were way over that. And um, so we went up to the uh, Botanical Gardens, Mm. and we still had people standing around the walls. And that way, I think we've helped children learn to a face audience and uh, uh, develop their speech, their speaking skills. And I see children who've gone to college. You know, we had one who gone to college and was working, um, and came back and did a recitation for us last last year. Oh, I love to hear about that. And the Botanical Gardens, that is a large building. It's a to large To have it building. packed as well. That's very impressive. Have it packed as well. And then what we would do to add uh, to it, we have, um, we had uh, vendors to come in from Atlanta and from Huntsville and from Birmingham and the local vendors and for people uh, could come and buy um, jewelry, books, clothes, whatever. And they look kind of look forward to that. Mm-hmm. I know, and unfortunately, like you said, the virus threw a wrench in a lot of things last year, a couple things this year, but I'm looking forward to being able to go to next year's. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. I don't know. Um, I, I'm, I've told my sorority, you know, that's, that's your program now. Um, I started it, but it's your program, and it's up to you to keep it going. And I think it's worth keeping going. Um, like I said, you know, I'm here now at 90, looking forward to 91 in June. And like I said, I don't plan to go anywhere, but I don't know what my master has for me. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> and anyway, um, when you... Um, I think when you keep yourself, I tell people now that life is like a bicycle. As long as you're pedaling, you can keep going. When you stop pedaling, you're going to fall off. So I plan to keep pedaling, you know, and um, to just do what I can for my community and for keeping uh, people together as much as we can. Now, I, I can work you to death. (laughs) really work you things just come to me through the night and I think I'm going to get up and I don't ask you uh, if you will I just tell you know you need to do such such thing for me we need to do this we need to do that and usually we just get it done I know who to approach you know and we get it done my county commissioners uh, down through the years have been um, um, 
good to us. Uh, Mr. Downing, uh, I think, helped me to do the Welcome to Chocolaka sign. I said I got tired of people asking me, where is Chocolaka and how you get to it? How do you know when you're there? And I would say, well, you come to the Hicks grocery store or you pass this service station. No, we're going to fix this. So I went to Mr. Down and said, we need a sign. And we said the sign was welcome to Chocolaka. And it's there. It, Chocolaka, it was selling in 1832 by the Creek Indians. And uh, the sign is there. So you are welcome to Chocolaka. <laughs> You're a woman that gets things done, that's for sure. <laughs> now, that's some things I'm working on now. I can't, you know, I... I the Chocolaka Valley is so pretty. It's beautiful. And oh, it has grown. So we have so many developments out there in areas. And um, I, we used to know everybody. I don't know everybody anymore. Um, I welcome the growth. But I hate to see all of the serenity you know, I, I'd like to see a cotton field every once in a while. And we have one in the, in the uh, on the Chocolaca Road, old Chocolaca Road, uh, one of the developments. There's this big cotton field, and they keep it there. It, it is so pretty, and we find people coming around and want to go in and cut the man's stalks, just get one to carry home or carry to school or for somebody to see. But... Um, I don't want to see all of this. You know, I don't want it to be just a city. City, <laughs> just keep some beauty there, scenery there. Mm-hmm. I agree. I used to drive through Chocolaca every day on my way to work, and getting to go through the valley. And I'm from Piedmont, so I'm used okay. to seeing Dugger Mountain and having that, like you say, the openness. It's small town, not the not the city life. It's slower right. and it's quiet. It's nice. And yeah, you want some quietness and some peace. Mm-hmm. And I've now really got a project I've got to work on. And I mean, this is going to involve this, the state troopers and I guess the and the um, sheriff. Because I have speeders coming through there. Mm. Well, I'm not one of them. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> we did. We did get them to do the sign at uh, 25 miles per hour. They pay that no attention. But now I'm an old lady. I mean, I can get out of the road quick enough for you to be speeding by there. So you have to slow down. And we got to find some way to fix that. So to any of our listeners, if you can help slow down the speeders in Chocolaca, Miss Georgia would greatly appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate that because our post office is a, is is uh, one of now that's a place where you meet. We used to meet everybody, and you could you you see everybody at the post office, and that was a a, a real place for you to uh, communicate, and you could come together and you know each everybody. You don't know everybody anymore, but. Uh, on that post office, going to the post office is a very, very busy, busy street, and people just come by there, and I can just see somebody being hurt at that area. So, I need help with that. Anybody's listening can help me. I will try to put in a good word. 
Okay. Okay. All right. So the Black Heritage Festival, that's separate from the Jazz Heritage Festival. Is that correct? From what? From the, the jazz, jazz Jazz Heritage Festival? No, no, no. Are they the the uh, Black Heritage Festival is all by itself. All you know, it has never been anything but the mm. Black Heritage Festival. Mm-hmm. Good thing. Well, I want to know if you had any funny, crazy stories from your time in Chakalaka. Anything you wanted to share that was just a little fun. <laughs> well, I, I not for me, but there we had a lady who said that. that there was, uh, let me see, what did she call it? A monster? A monster? Did she saw a monster? Oh. Uh, she, she worked at the uh, Heflin uh, nursing home. And it was uh, at night when she would come home and she said she saw a monster. And that, that spread it. I mean, from Birmingham to everywhere was coming to Chakalaka to see the monster. Nobody who lived there never knew of any monster. Um, but it turned out to be, <laughs> you know, the I don't know the cows that's white and have these big humps. And we think that's what it was. That's what she saw. Oh, no. Everybody was wanting to know about the chocolate monster, but uh, we we have no monsters. I was gonna say that might be an excerpt in your book, your upcoming novel, if you want to talk about it. I'm just writing now. Um, my story is just going to be a um, more about. I, I'm in autobiographies and things like that. <laughs> I um, my people. My great grandmother bought the the place where I live, not the house, but the place where I live. She was a slave child born in Tuskegee, Alabama in 1852. She lived there. She married. She had uh, four daughters and two sons. And uh, she lived there long enough. She worked with Booker T. Washington. And she said he had, the way she worked with him, he had organized groups of people to show other people how to whitewash your fences, how to plant flowers, how to keep things pretty. And I think that may have rubbed off on me. And uh, so she did that until she came to Chakalaka. Now, there was a brickyard in Chakalaka uh, in the early, the late 1800s. And that brickyard in the early 1900s, all the bricks was made in Calhoun County, was made in Chocolock. So it's like people going places because there's a place to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, she uh, was a widow at that time and she came to Chocolock and um, for her son to find work in the brickyard. Um, Then my grandmother, who was one of her her daughters, when she became a widower, she brought her two children, which was my mother and an uncle. And that reminds me, I had an uncle who died with that flu during the- uh, Oh, the last pandemic. Yes, yes. And um, and 
and I mean, say this, that she said the way that the only way they could uh, protect themselves with that flu was they were told to soak a uh, cloth in turpentine and wear it around their noses. Oh, Lord. So um, anyway, um, they... Um, they came to Chakalaka and she worked for one of the settlers, uh, John Hughes. And she washed and ironed for 50 cents a week. And then she picked cotton, she raised cotton. Anyway, she bought four acres of land doing that. And I always said as I grew up, I would never sell her property. Now, I have not been in Chakalaka all the time, but I've always come back to Chakalaka. And um, I'm there now for life. But anyway, um, these, um, the brickyard was what brought people uh, there. Now, um, they had... Uh, Cotton, cotton gins. We had uh, chocolate. Had a cotton gin, and I tell you, uh, the Downing family came from was related to the Mallory family. And if you ever heard of Downing's Mill, which at one time was the only place that people would come for picnics, beautiful. Um, they had a grist mill where people would take their corn and they had a cotton meal, cotton gin, and uh, all of this was in Chakalaka. Um, all of the, um, uh, the corn, corn fields where people would go and pick up corn, ladies would go pick up corn. And I, that's where I find about in the Bible for the Seclinas, people would leave a lot of corn for the people to go pick up. And ladies would get go take their bags and go pick up uh, corn and take it to the grease mill and grind it into meal. Mm. And you and you that was meal for your house. So, so I mean, I've, I've heard of and have seen a lot of things uh, that happened good in Chakalaka. And I said, people, we never had any, uh, we never had any racial problems. We never had any, um, um, any kind of problems. Anything happened to you in Chakalaka, everybody was right there to see about you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in, February of 2018, um, my husband passed. And I was lived by myself there for two years. But I wasn't by myself. And I wasn't afraid because everybody took care of me. Everybody. And that's the way we do. That's what we do. That's what we do. That's the love that flows to Chocolate. Anybody who's just moved there, you need to let us know who you are because you don't know who you're going to need sometimes. We may be just the person can help you. That's good. Stay in your big pretty house and don't bother and don't be neighbors to people. 
I understand. Well, Miss Georgia, I'm going to see if we have any questions from our audience. Uh, if they want to type them in the chat, I can pull them up and read them off to you. Okay. If anybody has any questions here in the next few minutes or so. Uh, Miss Sheila Gilbert, she says, Georgia Calhoun is one in a million, and I wish we could clone her, her good works many times over. She's living history and has had a great impact on Calhoun County. And Hunter Gentry out of Oxford says, it's been so nice to hear and listen to you today. I know I've had a great time getting to interview you. <laughs> Hunter Gentry. Oh, he's the finest young man. And I've been reading about him um, being over the arts in uh, in He's Oxford. over Main Street, Oxford for the yes, downtown. Yes. Mm -hmm. Fine young man. And and Hunter, I want you know, you gotta call me. We got to, we've got to talk. Good deal. So, yeah, let's see if he, he said he sure will. <laughs> Hunter, do you have Miss George's uh, phone number? If not, I can get that to you. Oh, is the Downing family you mentioned in Chocolaca the same as the Downings in Aniston? Yes. Uh, this down, Mr. Downing uh, is, he's not from Chocolaca, but his uh, grandparents from Chakalaka, and I have known that family, the um, his mother and his father. I knew them well, um, but for Mr. Downing, I think to the, open this store, the mercantile store that he opened, his father and his mother was there, and um, uh, I knew them very well. Mm -hmm. I'm good friends with Hannah Downing. Okay, okay. So, it's, it's nice to connect all the dots. <laughs> yes, yes. Hunter, I will get you that phone number after we're done today um, so you can get in touch with Miss Georgia. Uh, Veronica Fleming, she says that she has had a wonderful experience in Chakalaka. She's from Rochester, New York, and she's a musician for Little Old Bethany Baptist Church in Iron City. Okay. Uh, Calandra Solomon, she says she's thoroughly enjoyed this, Miss Calhoun. Thank you for spending time with us today. I love the life is like a bicycle analogy and I hope to meet you in person soon. Thank you, love to meet you. Well, thank you so much for reaching out. I'm glad that we got to spend this time together today and hopefully soon as we discussed, we can get in person again and be able to do those things that we have been able to in the past year and get to network and share those stories and good times again. But, Ms. Georgia, is there anything else you want to share before we wrap up for today? Well, you know, I just I'm, I just want to to, to to say to everybody to keep yourself busy, find things to do, work with people, and let's bring all of the love we can to each other and to our communities. And by doing community activities, we can do that. You know, you you have to fellowship with people and you have to know people in order to get things done. And if we stand off and um, think that, you know, I'm over here and you're over there, um, 
that's what it's going to be. You're going to be over there and I'll be over here. But we want to come together and make our communities a loving place to live and to be. I agree. Uh, but one more comment. Thanks for having such a positive attitude for all that you've done and continue to do for our community. Welcome. Well, all right. I think that's going to wrap it up for today. Again, thank you so much for joining me, Miss Georgia. I'm so happy we got to see you this morning. And I'm thank sure you. it seems all of our attendees are very happy they got to see you for a little bit today. <laughs> so that will be it. And I'm glad that you're able to come with us for Women's History Month. I think this is very important and all the work that you've done to help preserve history here in Calton County as well. So I just want to thank you from a historian perspective. <laughs> you're welcome. You're very welcome. All right, everyone, please have a good day. Stay safe in the weather tomorrow. Um, stay weather aware. Calton County EMA and James Spann are your best friends. I know they're my best friends right now, keeping us updated. But as always, if you need anything from the chamber, just let us know. Thank you.